3: What's up? Welcome to the CHGO Chicago Sports Podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. It's ladies night at 1 p.m., right? I have my all-female CHGO Chicago Sports Podcast panel with me today, and I'm so honored and thrilled to be here with all of you ladies. I am here with the CHGO Skies, Janice. Sabria, and from CHO Red Stars, our newest podcast,
1: Claire, thank you all for joining me today, ladies. How are we feeling? Feeling pretty dang good today. <laughs> the sun is shining. We're talking about being women in sports. Yeah. I'm pretty pumped. You're quiet <laughs> over there, Sabria.
0: <laughs> Listen, <laughs> these last few WNBA nights and games have been really late, and uh, my teams have been taking a lot of L's, <laughs> so.
2: Yeah. yeah. There was an end of USL game that was a I think a 9 p.m. Central kickoff at the same time the sky were tipping off mm-hmm. at 9 p.m. and so yeah it was like it was like oh my God it's it's Wednesday and we're really doing this mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I know well I
3: appreciate you guys coming on I know both teams are coming off a loss so let's talk a little bit about the state of the teams right now what's been going on um, how are we feeling about the, your you know
1: your season so far. Uh, so far it's been a mixed bag uh, i definitely do have uh, some con- concerns about depth uh, but uh, the fourth quarter rally that the sky attempted yesterday was at least good to see uh, i think this is a de- definitely a much different team when kalia copper comes back uh, so even though last night was pretty disappointing i r- remain cautiously optimistic do you share the same feelings sabria are you uh, i mean like i'm not
0: really too worried i mean honestly a lot of teams are a mess right now like they've just been all kind of embarrassingly bad uh for the most part with the exception of like maybe a team or two um but yeah like she said kai's not here so i mean she's finally back in america gonna do her physical and when she passes she'll be back with the team and then i'll be able to say okay this is the real team the real test and a true reflection of what we're gonna do this year
2: right yeah, I mean, the Red Stars are in a similar situation. Um, they've had a lot of absences, some of which are permanent for this season, and that just kind of is what it is. You have to adjust expectations after something like that happens. Um, well, uh, for the sky, they had one bad quarter. They had a really sure. bad quarter, mm-hmm. and then they did better. So, like, I watched a little bit of that game. I thought that they pulled it out. But, um, yeah, so for Red Stars, still working through a lot of things kind of off the field in terms of – getting players back on the field. We found out today that Morgan Gatra is going to be out for four to six weeks, which is really unfortunate for how they want to play in their midfield. Um, But, you know, getting Mallory Pugh back in the mix, they've got two strikers coming in from out of market. Uh, So I'm hopeful that, you know, they've been competitive in pretty much every game they've played. It's more just about how can you get over the line and turn that into a result. Sure.
3: So I wanted to ask you guys how you felt so far about your time here at CHGO because we have a podcast for each Chicago sports team now, um, how has that been for all of you in this moment where it's like, okay, now we have equal coverage of all teams. I think that was such a a void that was here in Chicago. And I think we as women are being trailblazers in that way for the sky, for the red stars, for these
1: teams that don't have as much coverage um, historically. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, uh, definitely the expansion of coverage, especially for the Chicago Sky, uh, has been very nice to see, and I'm really glad that CHGO is uh, passing that on and uh, definitely extant- extending uh, that range to uh, a wider audience. Uh, I mean, before we came onto the scene, there were still plenty of great writers, uh, great reporters covering the team. Uh, again, shout outs to uh, James Kay from the Tribune, Annie Costabel from the Sun-Times, uh, uh, Chris Pennant, uh, who is Half of the uh, the Skyhook podcast. Uh, th- there's been so many great content creators uh, in the WNBA. So essentially, uh, my m- one of my personal goals was to just kind of extend that audience and kind of uh, pull in a lot of my my baseball followers sure. and kind of get them hyped <laughs> about the WNBA because it's so very exciting. It's so it's it, it's incredibly exciting. And as a new fan, uh, I just fell in love with this team this past year and I uh, just want to want to share that enthusiasm and uh, love for the game with everyone else
3: amazing So, sabria but you've been a fan of the w for a while you've Mm -hmm. been around this game Mm -hmm. talk about how it was to come on to the chgo sky podcast and continue what you've already built basically on your own
0: yeah i mean i started covering the sky in like 2010 2011 um and then it was back for a print magazine and there were like some online articles so very different back then especially being a more new team at the time so to kind of have gone and done those types of like the written content interviews that i was doing covering the games in person and then really going to college and coming back to a new i guess team i mean with changes in ownership and everything and to now like have been provided the opportunity after really dedicating myself back to the W and being able to experience the championship last year, it was super fun, very, like a, a true full circle thing, honestly. So Mm -hmm. I'm really happy to be here. It's like one of those things where I try to not necessarily like pivot, or just like leave the W or just women's sports coverage behind. But I thought I was going to be doing something different. And then the universe was like, nope, come back. And so I'm just really happy to be here.
3: I love it. And Claire, you're kind of in a similar boat here. You already had um, Southside Trap and, and you know, kind of merged that with what you're doing here with CHGO Red Stars. Um, so much of us are, are self-made. Can you talk a little bit about how, you knew to start this, you saw this need, and now it's turned into something bigger than maybe you would have imagined.
2: Yeah, I mean, I started as a fan really, which is I think how a lot of what you would call like the new media, especially in women's sports, get into it. Um, Women's sports writing, especially, like Sabria was saying a number of years ago, um, just the barrier to entry was very low. You know, just get get a URL, write a blog. Yeah, you know, know you. Uh, send an email to the team. Be like, hey, can I talk to this player? They're like, <laughs> yes, it. absolutely. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, and so it, it was something that I was interested in because I was a fan, and I saw that there were gaps in coverage. Um, Speaking specifically to Red Stars coverage, one thing with the NWSL, and I think this happens with the WNBA quite a lot as well, is um, there's an expectation of a lot of national or general league coverage. So you have writers who are doing power rankings, who are talking about all of the teams, doing little bites on every single team, and that's great but where the infrastructure really does not exist in in the nwsl is on the local level and so there are very few outlets that approach coverage from like the city in which the teams are based and i I think there's the papers i think cover wnba a little bit more than they do because with soccer it's also a soccer problem as much as a women's soccer problem but um it's growing the sport's growing but uh yeah so always even as I do my own national coverage of women's soccer and women's sports have always wanted to keep that Chicago part alive because it is so important and just quite frankly they're the team that I know the most about right so it would be a waste to pull away from that um and so being able to join CHGO and kind of build that infrastructure up on a local level is really great that's awesome
3: I feel, you know, honored and blessed to be with working with all of you and learning from all of you. It's so great. But with that said, what do you think the state of women's sports is in Chicago and h- and how can it become better? You know, and and it's okay to have criticism here. I mean, like what where is it? How are we feeling
1: about it and what can how can it improve? Yeah, there's already been a culture that's uh been imbued for like Quite a while now. And I think uh, just the outreach, the outreach portion, uh, we're all definitely working on. And I know, like Sabria is doing a lot of work in just extending outreach and growing the game in that sense. Uh, But it could always be better. Uh, And I mean, just even in some earlier interviews uh, that I've had with players about uh, improving the league. And I think as the league improves, as conditions for players improve, then of course, yeah, so will um, coverage, so will, uh, say, the state of the game as well well. But I really am excited because Chicago is just a great sports town in general. And uh, just even the fact that the four of us are sitting here and talking about it is evidence that, yeah, there certainly is a market for women's sports in Chicago. There there are people who love women's sports in Chicago. Right. And uh, yeah, and, and that's just going to get better. And it's like you were saying earlier about your love for baseball, too. We
3: don't just love women's sports. like We also can appreciate and, and watch and love Men's sports as well. So I, I've seen your coverage on the White Sox, and you're always at the top of my list when you're tweeting about the <laughs> Sox. So I love it. But, Sabria, what um, what have you seen here with women's sports in Chicago, and how can it become better?
0: Um, I mean, it's interesting to hear Janice say that there's a culture because I don't actually think there is. And what I mean by that is, um, like, two two parts. One, I think the sky are just now – becoming accessible and I don't think the red stars are as accessible because when I I I don't have a memory of anybody in the world introducing me to the red stars or to the sky and I'm somebody I played soccer from first grade for like up until like I graduated college mm-hmm. and I remember just only recently finding out about the Red Stars because sure. I had to beg my mom, as someone who's from Chicago has always lived on the South Side, I had to beg my mom to take me all the way to Toyota Park where it was at the time mm-hmm. for even to see even see the fire. So the same thing with the Sky, I just stumbled upon them one day on my television, and I'm like, why has no one ever told me about this? Like, what is this? And they were all the way at Allstate, and my mom's like, no. So it was, like, really hard to to get there. And so now that, you know, there, are I mean, social media makes things more in your face, I guess, but I think, like, the Sky, for example, because Chicago is so segregated, I think... There's an issue of maybe prioritizing audiences Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. might not necessarily be in the best interest of the organization. And so now that they're more south and in a central location, um, I still think that there is a disconnect for going into certain neighborhoods, even though it's kind of like right there. And so I think that a lot of times Sky Games aren't actually a true reflection of Chicago culture, Mm -hmm. and it's more so kind of what I think maybe ownership wants it Mm -hmm. to be, and that doesn't work compared to other markets like in the W. The biggest ones are like Phoenix and Seattle. I don't know what there is to do in Seattle. I have no clue what there (laughs) is to do in Phoenix, but there's a lot to do in Chicago. And so I think maybe that's a reflection of the the audience that gets brought into the arena, but they're not really going into the places where I think – It it should be because you go to Bears games, you go to Bulls games, all the way out west, and you see the people. And Mm -hmm. I don't think it's really gotten there yet for the Red Stars or the Sky.
3: Do you think – quick follow-up on that. Do you think that the Sky had to win a WNBA championship to even be close to the level of respect that they've received?
0: Yes, and I say that because – and I I know, like, again, there's – a line of criticism and I'm not trying to say it to be disrespectful. I'm saying it to be honest. And as someone who has been there and I think as a fan, I honestly think it's a blessing to be a fan in the sport that I'm covering because I think that misses a lot. And if you're not a fan, you can't really speak to the the growth or at least like the perspective of a fan. So as a fan, I'm saying that um, the games are not fun unless they're winning mm and i mean like i've gone to socks games i've enjoyed them probably can't even tell you who won the last socks game i went to bulls games i don't know if every game we won but it was fun and i don't think that's there because again it's not a true reflection of chicago culture it's Mm -hmm. very maybe like not specific to chicago it's just kind of like well you're supposed to have these chants and these TikTok videos, but it it doesn't translate to who we are in Mm -hmm. Chicago. And maybe if it was more Chicago, people would come just on some Chicago stuff just because that's part of what is in Chicago, whether we're win or lose. And then people would continue to go. But I think that's kind of part of the disconnect of, well, where else are people going to go for if we're not winning? Because it's just not fun. Right.
3: Claire, do you feel like the Red Stars have that problem? And did you have to discover them? <laughs> I'm like, and then my neck's gonna start hurting because I'm like, like nodding <laughs> so vigorously. Literally
2: everything you said is so true. Um, well with the Red Stars, it's worse. I mean, everything you I mean, everything you said about about the sky. And and the thing is, is, you know, we all saw, we all saw, I mean, when, when the sky went on that run last year in the postseason, it hit a level of awareness that I had never seen before. You're wearing a sky shirt and someone, and someone like a guy, I was walking to like game three or game four, walking to the green line and the guy was like sweeping his porch and he was like, I hope they win. And I was like, me too, man. <laughs> and so like you get that level yeah. of, of people knowing mm-hmm. that it's happening. Um, the red stars have been in three championship games they have been on the pinnacle of that three times mm-hmm. and have never reached that level of, of understanding or awareness. Part of it is the venue issue. They do not play in the city. Um, that is a, a, a thing that is not going away. Um, obviously the fire at soldier field now that's going okay. Um, right. you know, they are, they're building that, uh, that facility up in like Belmont Craig and up near like Hermosa and they are, um, they're, they're talking about maybe moving some stuff over there. I think that would be great. Um, but yeah, with the Red Stars, there are a lot of challenges to getting people out to games. And then I think this is also something you guys can agree with, which is if the game day experience has things that could be better, the stream experience is worse. Mm. And so if you're not getting the TV support <laughs> or the streaming support, um, then what interaction are people having with mm-hmm. the games? They're either they're either not being able to go or they are going. And, and yeah, it's only really fun if the team is winning or uh, the team doesn't always do a good job of telling its own story mm-hmm. um, and learning from losses and all of that sort of stuff. And then if you can't even go to the games, you are scrambling to find a stream on Facebook, Twitter, for soccer, it's Paramount Plus, it's Twitch. Mm -hmm. Um, there's There's a lack of investment in those streams. And so if you were a casual fan, and again, this is just being frank with it because I think everybody involved wants to do better. I have a very limited number of games that I even recommend people watch on TV. Because um, even the t- even the sh- uh, soccer games that make it onto big CBS are not produced by CBS. Right. And so I have to be very strategic with, with that because you could turn somebody off immediately sure. if yeah. they if they don't have a good uh, streaming experience. And so I think that, yeah, is there a culture... <laughs> A little bit. And I don't want to discount the people who are there because mm-hmm. there are some really big fans of both teams who have been here for a very long time. But I, I do want to get to the point where people are watching even when they lose and have things to say about a loss and understand where the team is going. Because sure. I think with Chicago sports famously you can get kind of as much conversation out of teams losing as you can them winning and i think that that yeah. um that's where i would love to be i would love for there to be a seat well i don't really want them to be bad but i would love for that to not i would love for their success economically to not be predicated on winning sure. games yeah absolutely i think
3: that also is present on social media too mm-hmm. i'm i'm on social media i'm working on social media here uh, i think it was in 2019 i think um, the Mystics won the WNBA championship. I think it was that year. It was the year that you know the, the Nationals won that the World right. Series. Yeah, it was. And yeah. and I think um, a bunch of Washington teams have the Capitals. I think won they the Capitals. Cup that's exactly that it. Time too, yeah. And I don't know if it was ESPN or one of the big um, you know sports media conglomerates was they did like a post and it was like City of Champions and nowhere on that graphic. Was the Washington Mystics. Oh, yeah. And sure. a bunch of right. Mystics players were like, what the this hell? This is unacceptable. Right. <laughs> like, how? It's right in front of your face. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely present on social, too. Um, we'll pause for a fun ad read, <laughs> a little transition. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet Bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not all, though. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. We have such an awesome CHGO Sky and CHGO Red Stars shirt on our website, on our Instagram. Check them out. They're awesome. But again, that's $2,000 in risk-free bets and a free membership and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email us at pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. There's also a new feature, the Live NBA Same Gay Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the first Live NBA Same Game Parlay for only with PointsBet. You can combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, if you want more, you can also boost your live, same game, parlays, watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And now online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, ladies. We're hanging out here, CHGO, Chicago sports podcast with an all female crew. I want to know, growing up, I'm assuming all three of you love sports. So what woman or women in sports did you look up to?
1: Oh man, that is a really excellent question. Uh, so even though I, I've been a sports fan since I was very small, uh, I grew up on the Southwest side of Chicago. Uh, my mom is from the Philippines and has always been into basketball, so always had some sort of sports game on. Uh, so uh, I always had something to say too, but the thing is though, I felt so incredibly far removed from the conversation and also too, like as you know, an Asian American woman, uh, as a young Asian American woman, I felt as if what I had to say just had no place in the mm-hmm. greater conversation mm-hmm. and even though yeah, I went to college um, so I actually went to DePaul which uh, the great shirt that Sabria is wearing <laughs> uh, I actually I did go needs. to a couple of basketball teams and I had things to say but I mean did I ever say go up to the DePaulia and say hey I want to cover this team no I didn't because I lacked confidence I really didn't think that no one, I, I didn't think that anyone was interested in what I had to say so I kept it all to myself, and it wasn't until I got into social media where I discovered a community of people who look like me that talk about sports. And uh, I always think, like, say, if there was someone who looked like me like years ago, would I have jumped in the industry much sooner? Probably. Uh, it definitely took a lot of uh, finding confidence within myself uh, to, I guess, be, be the person I needed when I was growing up. So uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm going to do a little time travel and say, yeah, that I, I, I am the woman in sports that I. Oh, yeah. uh, That's such a good answer. <laughs> that is a good I'm answer. I'm inspired. <laughs> yeah. That's a great answer. Sabrina, yeah. What about
0: you? Yeah, same. Before she got to the end, I was like, well, I don't want to sound rude. but It was nobody <laughs> and it was me um, like I didn't have anyone in real life. But I will say that there was a show. I don't know if you all are familiar with it called The Game. Mm-hmm. And it was about essentially about football. Um, and I never ne- never necessarily was a football fan But there was a character on there Who's played by Wendy Raquel Robinson uh, By the name Tasha Mack And in the show she's um, a sports agent And just through her character You can see that she's clearly Like always the only woman in the room The only black woman in the room mm-hmm. And I knew from a young age That I wanted to be in sports And I liked managing things because i always feel like i'm always right and i have the best ideas (laughs) so naturally i was like oh i would love to be a sports agent so at that age probably had no idea no business watching the game necessarily at that age but i was like i want to be a sports agent i want to be like tasha mack so whenever someone would ask my dad like oh what does sabria want to do and i was working for sports teams and i knew i wanted to go to law school and he would just always tell people she wants to be like tasha mack and to this day (laughs) i am so happy the game came back i'm so happy to be um serving as a sports agent right now. So I will just give my hats off to whoever wrote Tasha Mack. <laughs> I love it.
3: Both of you just like saw something and were like, I'm going to become that. Claire, I'm sure you have a similar story.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think mine is, mine's a little bit more boring, which is that, uh, and this is true, I think for a lot of people in the is it kind of begins and ends with the U.S. Women's National Team, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, and in all of the different iterations of the team. So, you know, I was, I guess I was like seven when the 99ers won. Um, and I remember I, I grew up in, in rural Ohio actually. And, and I know people complain about how much the U S goes to Columbus, but it was really important for me as a kid. <laughs> yeah. I saw your
3: 614 number. I'm from Ohio. I know, yeah, 614
2: <laughs> baby. That's right. Um, and that's even, that's even like when we moved to the big city, but, right. um, yeah, so I got to see, I remember, I think the one time I got to see them live was, was I think the 2003, 2004, uh, like Olympic tour that they did. And that was that last round with like Brandy Chastain and Mia Hamm and Brianna Scurry and, um, and just following in and out. And so I think, yeah, I mean, I was just a huge, I, I idolized those players. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting back into it as a young adult, it came back in 2015. You know, it's like you, you go from, from when I was in college, I really actually wasn't focused on sports at all. I was, I was a music major. So sure. I was doing something like totally different. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. So it's always just like for a while, I think like a lot of people, every four years, I would check back in with the U.S. Women's National Team. But it wasn't until 2015 that I was like, oh, there's a league <laughs> as well. <Yes. laughs> right. yeah. Um, Same. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I think that, that that has to be it for me. And I think that, I mean, they are they are the the lifeblood of the sport in this in this country, 100%. Yeah.
3: That's awesome. i g I'm kind of like you. I started in something different. I was in news, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be like an anchor, an anchor lady. Um, and then I realized how just how depressing news can be mm-hmm. at yeah. so many points. Um, and I had a news director that told me, like, I probably wouldn't ever be on TV or on the media because I didn't have a good voice or I didn't have this or that. And I was like, okay, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see. And then, you know, I switched to sports because I grew up watching my dad enjoy sports. My brother play college sports. And I said, I'm gonna do this instead. It still applies that news or journalism background, but it's in a way that I think is a lot more fun. So, love it, love it. Um, What led you all here? You know, I know it's the podcast, but like, what did you know? Like, all right, this sounds like the right opportunity for me to advance in my career, keep covering the teams that I love. And like, when was it a yes moment for you?
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, I guess to give you some background, uh, when I interviewed, uh, that was one of the first questions I asked, uh, CHGO is like, say, what are your plans to cover women's sports? So I said, uh, I see that you know in the other markets that you're in, uh, you're covering all these teams, but Chicago has a little bit more of a wide breadth of, right. of sports teams. As the Sky just literally won a championship, uh, what's happening there? Uh, so I asked, uh, and uh, they said that uh, yeah, th- th- that's a great idea, and we should definitely implement something like that. And yeah, if you would be willing to take the reins on a Sky show, like we would definitely be willing to set you up with. With that and I said wow okay well <laughs> uh, I definitely did not get any questioning it was definitely just something that was like yeah we should absolutely do that sure. uh, there's a huge market for it uh and uh I am I personally was like okay you know I could also like cover white socks too I could also jump on pretty much any right. sport like general Chicago sports uh Podcasts, because, I mean, yeah, if you ask me for my opinion, I'll, I'll give it to you. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, that, that essentially is what led me here. Uh, and even though, like, I'm new to covering basketball, uh, I've, I've watched it for years. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely just not going to pretend I'm some, like, lifelong industry sure. expert. But, sure. I mean, there are plenty of people like me who are mm-hmm. kind of looking at the league and looking at the sport with fresh eyes. And so uh, my whole uh, thing is maybe, like, as I'm learning, as I'm processing things, as I'm learning things other people can kind of join me on this journey Uh, and so far it's been tons of fun so uh, yeah and I've met so many awesome people uh, in the in the in the process so you know three of them are sitting amongst me as well I guess uh, Joey's also included in that as well Joey's awesome as well our producer Joey (laughs) shout out (laughs) but yeah that's my story and I'm sticking to it cool
0: yeah it was like an immediate yes for me like I don't even think there was a phone call involved, it was just an email, or or maybe even a Twitter DM, and I'm like, yes, and then as Mm -hmm. soon as I got on the phone um, with Jake was like, yep, because um, like I kind of said before, to me being a fan is important, even if you're like just starting out like Janice, or you've been covering it as long as I have, I think a lot of coverage that I see for the W um, come from people who Don't necessarily want to cover it, but they're doing it because people are like, well, why aren't you covering it or Mm -hmm. where are the articles? And so when I hear or read articles or I hear them, you know, say things, I'm like, no, that's not true. And I know that you're not watching games because maybe you think this six, eight person in the W is supposed to be, you know, like a, a big presence in the paint and getting rebounds. But in reality, if you watch the game, you know that they're, they're not. Right. And so I think it comes from somebody who wants to love the game outside of just the work of covering it and someone that's paying attention because that's what they want to do. Yes. So I was happy to be able to provide that um, because I think it it's more genuine, but also it just results in better yeah. coverage. So instantly I was just like, yep, sign me up. I
2: love that. Yeah. For me, it was all about infrastructure. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, i freelance with other publications, um, and I'm des I'm so desperate for structure sometimes because when you're truly doing it yourself and that's what Sandra Herrera and I have been doing for a number of years and, you know, she's, she's the one person missing from this conversation. Um, but we were, um, Doing it ourselves through SB Nation, and that was like almost completely uncompensated, and so it was all self-generated work. Um, And then for a number of years, we were on Patreon, which was amazing. Like we owe our patrons so much. We we started a Patreon in January of 2020, and then they like stuck with us for the whole year through the pandemic. Through the pandemic, that's right. Um, and so, uh, but again, self-generated. So when you have an editor say. Hey, where's this piece? Or hey, what are you working on? Mm-hmm. That's great because then you're like, "Oh, I really need to get that done." Yes. <laughs> and if you're fully self, you know, self-generating the work on the local level, maybe you don't make it to the press conference. Maybe you're late with that piece. Maybe you know, you get done recording the podcast, but you can't actually produce it and get it up for another 24 hours. Right. And so it starts to feel like it's slipping through the cracks. And so for, for Sandra and I, it was really important to sort of rejuvenate what we were doing within an yeah. infrastructure that felt professional and made sense. I love it. And so that's why we, we jumped on here. Yeah
3: I, have, yeah, I have similar feelings about that, too, because yeah. coming from a freelance background. Yeah. And, um, I also think it's so important to not only be supported by other women in sports, but the men and people in general that are supportive. I think it's great that we work with a, you know, a company and, and guys at our company that our male coworkers are supportive, they're fun, they're respectful, they're easy to work with. Um, but with that said, it's not always easy elsewhere. So what has been, in your opinion, the most challenging thing that you've faced as a woman in sports?
1: Hmm, uh, oh my God, where do I begin? Um. <laughs> There's so many <laughs> things. <laughs> Um I think uh what I definitely notice is that uh especially just uh, being on social media uh, as a woman uh I feel as if I definitely am not granted enough leniency to be silly oh, sometimes. Oh, for sure. We're under <laughs> such a bigger microscope.
3: I think that's what it is. That's
1: a bigger microscope. And so, I mean, what I mean by that is, I mean, like, outside of work, uh, I, I am a, I am a silly person. I have a sense of humor. I love to joke around. Uh, I think sports in general can be very funny, especially if you look at them from an incredibly absurd lens. I mean, for example, I'm, I'm a White Sox fan. Uh, I mean, the, the way I've been coping with the way that they've been playing lately is, like, purely through a lens of humor. It's absolutely absurd that, (laughs) yeah, and I mean, like, the huge argument right now is that, uh, okay, like, no one is hitting right now, so uh, as a result, say, is is this because, um, say, uh, Jerry isn't opening his pocketbook, so is is there just, like, a lack of inspiration coming from inside the clubhouse, and I mean, you could speculate that about that all day long, Mm -hmm. but, I mean, from an outside perspective, as someone who is, like, technically an outsider, it's absolutely hilarious, and I'll make jokes about it, and then there will be at least, like, several people, usually men, usually men in my mentions, uh, either trying to correct me or, you know, just completely missing the joke altogether or, uh, yeah. Or I think the worst offense is when I I post a joke and someone tries to be funnier than me. Uh, no, that, that, that's not possible. You cannot be funnier than me. Uh, So, so, so please do not try. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think a lot of the times, like, especially, uh, when I talk about, like, even like, things like advanced stats or even, like, advanced metrics, too. Uh, for the most part, it's gotten a lot better, but for mm-hmm. there's always going to be someone who is, you know, has never heard of me before. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to, like build myself up as some sort of, you know, just like mega expert that knows absolutely everything about the universe of sports, right. but it's just sort of like, uh, yeah, um, just do not question my, you know, my qualifications or experience just because, you know what, I, I'm a woman, a woman of color, someone who lacks a check mark, uh, and I, I've even seen it from other women too, which I think is also Fab. strange too. So uh, I I guess the most recent example is uh, I covered Lucas Giolito's no-hitter in twenty. And uh, this woman uh, was questioning the fact that I was there. She's like, uh, what, were you, were you a member of the grounds crew? Like, or, or, or do, you, do you work for the team? And I'm like, no, I was a credentialed reporter. So right. it's just like, like, wh- why would you think that I, I wouldn't be there? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, she stopped talking to me. Uh, so <laughs> shut her up real quick. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah that is just a small sample sure. of uh, some of the uh, the weird things I've uh, come across in my my time working in sports. So, Sabria, what about you? Uh, I mean, I think
0: probably just like with recent events, just probably on Twitter and probably in real life. I think my biggest thing is people trying to humble women and especially black women. And it's really annoying because I'm someone who I do the work like before i even open my mouth I, people will tell you i'm a person that i will always do my research like right. if, even if we're in mm-hmm. an argument i'll be like hold on and mm-hmm. i'll just fact check myself before i even say something because i'm very conscious and this is probably because you know of being a woman we feel like it's we like have you, to be. you have to really be twice as good for yeah, half mm-hmm. of what you know other people get and so i like there are a lot of men who are around and they're most mostly in positions um, above me but then when I look at our resume it's like not, not even a competition like I've done I've done the work I've done the internships I've done the jobs I have the credentials I've done the academic programs. And I feel like every time, not only am I already working, it's hard to prove myself. It's like now I have to work even harder to, to prove it to you and again and saying, like, here's the work. But also, like, I'm fighting for something. And, I, and it's just tiring. Yeah. It's annoying. Um, it's super, like, disheartening. And it's just something that I have wish that I just didn't have to go through. Right. Um, so that's probably my biggest Thing. I
3: think we can all relate to that, and we all wish that was not a thing. Claire, what experience? What has been the most challenging experience for you?
2: Well, I mean, I don't want to get too heavy <laughs> with it, um, but I mean, to, if I'm going to be honest about what the hardest thing has been, uh, is in the last year there has been a reckoning within not just women's soccer, but a lot of women's sports about emotional and frankly sexual abuse and um the nwsl went through a horrible year last year with coaches being let go or being moved into different positions and teams kind of lying about why um players had to take uh things into their own hands and boycott a night of games because they were also um just emotionally spent by what was going on hit here in Chicago, uh, Chicago head coach, Roy Dames, um, had a number of really horrible pieces come out of about him in the Washington post. And that's a person that I spoke to twice weekly, you know? Um, and so, I mean like to there were points where like sandra and i we would like hop on a call and we would just be like okay we're not recording we're just gonna like cry (laughs) and then um and then try to go from there because you do feel the need to stay because the answer is not turning your back on these women but um it's really hard to be in it with them yeah and and so that brings up a lot of inner emotions in people Mm -hmm. too whatever you're bringing um, whatever things from your past or, or your present situation, and so you're like trying to take care of yourself mm-hmm. while also keeping an eye on a space that is triggering, you know, kind of weekly. And so um, that was really hard, and it's taken a lot of of processing and sort of setting boundaries and 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 trying to figure out ways to kind of take care of yourself while continuing to move forward, because I, I mean, my perspective is a little bit different in that I've never worked in men's sports. Um, I've always come from a women's sports perspective, which means that, um, some things are better. People argue with me on Twitter less, <laughs> uh, because they're here to talk about women's sports and, and they're, uh, they're not trying to, you know, you know, Twitter, Twitter, but, um, that community has built, it, it builds itself if you stand pretty firm and like this is not a space that's trying to cater to anybody. Um, but it also just comes with like every day you're trying to just um, prove the worth of the thing that you're working in. And so I think that right. that is also a difficulty as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think we've all faced that. Um, thank you all for sharing that. I know that's not easy to talk about sometimes, but it's important to talk about and we need to keep talking about it. And as even if people say, you know, we're annoying or whatever, they want to come in our mentions, come on.
1: Sabria, well do No, don't leave me, me alone.
0: Don't, Claire don't said, leave me alone. Mentions. Sabria says. Oh, no, I'll pull up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got time. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, anyone who's ever interacted with me on Twitter uh, should definitely know better by now. Right, um, same. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I welcome any and all uh, comments in my mentions. Uh, but, yeah, just beware. That's all. That's all yeah, I got to say.
3: We're here for it. Speaking of little bit of competition there. If you want to start your day with a competitive edge Strava CBD coffee, such a game changer. It has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you. You'll feel alert and focused without the jitters. You'll live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best. The best part, Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, and shipped straight to your door. Strava also uh, offers concentrated full spectrum CBD tinctures. I was excited to say that word, tinctures. (laughs) For those looking to have a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage effect of benefits, Chicago uh, CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use the code CHGO25. 25% off your order at stravacraftcoffee.com when you use the code CHGO25 at checkout. Uh, the discount coupon is valid on non subscription purchases only, one per customer, please. And if you already love Strava subscribe and save with Strava coffee club with Strava coffee, you're in control, save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home office on your preferred schedule. Very nice. All right. We will wrap up with a few more questions. Again, if you're just joining us, our Chicago sports podcast with an all women crew, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening, we're glad you're here. Thank you so much for, oh, people are thanking us for sharing our truth and being honest about the hardships you all rock. Thank you. I love it. Appreciate the candor and transparency. Thank you guys. Great show watching from South Africa. We have some great listeners. Love you guys. Thank you. Brenda. Hi, Brenda. We like Brenda. All right. Last couple questions I wanna ask you guys is what do you think in one word, just we talked about this a little bit, but one word, what is the biggest barrier in driving the visibility of women's sports in Chicago or nationally? One word. Hmm.
1: Just just one? Um, (laughs) I know, right? Or it could
3: be like two words.
1: (laughs) Uh, Dang, so many words to choose from. Uh, I'm just, I'm going to go with probably the biggest one, and that's probably going to be revenue, Mm -hmm. funding, money, the driving force behind everything, unfortunately. Sabria?
0: I don't know. That's so hard. I, I got one. If you want
1: to, if you want to We wait. can skip to Brea,
2: Claire, yeah, yeah. Claire, go yeah. ahead. Um, solidarity. Mm-hmm. I think without true one. solidarity. Um, and, and that means maybe giving up a little bit of what you got to give time to something else. Like that's what true solidarity mm-hmm. is. Um, and I think that when we talk about revenues and stuff like that, I'm like, great. If you, we can make that argument all day, but where's the true solidarity between the entire Space, you know,
0: right. I was gonna say self interest, so now (laughs) I don't feel bad for that answer. (laughs) No, you're right, it's a good answer. Yeah, Yeah.
3: self interest, I love it. I was gonna say money as well. Um, I think that's just the biggest. That's that we a can, misconception, though. Yeah. You do? It's suppressed. Do. And, the revenue
0: is suppressed. And and yeah. the reason why I say that is because a lot of people are always in the comments, especially with the W, and just, oh, the NBA subsidizes the W and blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, first of all, when is the last time major league soccer teams have made real money? Let's start there. Hmm. And so when you look at the NBA and the WNBA only being 25 years in like what was the nba doing and clearly that was people saying oh we didn't make any money but men's sports let's just keep putting Mm -hmm. money and money and money in there with women's sports it's like what do you mean you didn't give me a return on investment in one year when i gave you the barest of minimums how dare you pull the plug and it's just like okay like just just be real and say it's just because it's women's sports. i don't think it's really money i really don't because people put money into things that they like all the time like me as someone who does grow the game for free using my own money. So like to not get paid, paying with my time and my money. There are companies who, if you don't just write that off or something like, we're just not in the same league for you Mm -hmm. to be complaining about your monetary losses when the people who are really holding it down don't have nearly as much as you and are giving way more than you. So I think the money thing is just a lie. I respect
3: that. I've just seen, I've covered women's pro softball for a while. The Chicago Bandits were a team here in Chicago, mm-hmm. that kind of gave me my start here in sports media and broadcasting. And in COVID, they didn't have the funding to stay alive right. and it was no longer. And now we have this great league called athletes unlimited. Love, there's yeah. yes, A-U there's the best, women's yeah. softball, there's basketball, there's lacrosse and there's, um, what am I missing?
0: You said lacrosse, basketball, volleyball. Oh,
3: volleyball. volleyball I didn't say yeah. volleyball and softball. And they're incredible. Mm-hmm. And they do put the funding and the money into yeah. it. And they do give these athletes a chance to, um, make the rules, make mm. the choices and, and donate to a charity of their fund or a cause that they care about based, you know, a portion of their salary goes to that. Like it matches that. So you're right. I've seen kind of both ways where, you know, if it can not be supportive, something great like Athletes Unlimited came in and stepped up in, that, in its place. And I love the way that we've seen that grow. Um, speaking of growth, last question for you all, where do you see women in sports or just women's sports 10 years from
1: now? Where do you hope to see it? (laughs) Uh, On a much larger stage, uh, just as commonly found and easily searchable as, as men's sports. Uh, I think probably, th- this is probably going to come off as superficial, but I think merch is, is probably the first place my mind goes to. Like, especially if you look on, like, like fanatics, you have to, like, go to another drop-down menu just to find WNBA mm-hmm. merch. And, uh, yeah, I would love to see, you know, just accessibility to WNBA merch and products just alongside uh, NBA products and have it be as normal to walk into a store and be able to, like, grab a sky hat or right. a shirt off a shirt uh so that that is like where i would like to see it that, I love that. there's a, a much bigger community uh and yeah I, I guess i mean it all starts here right um yeah and it it all, it all just grows grows more from here oh.
0: yeah um i would like to see them be uh just the teams the leagues everyone involved to just be more self aware and honest about themselves and what i mean is like stop like realize as women's sports you're not in the same category or anything with men's sports like just stop Mm -hmm. comparing yourself because like obviously we know from history like separate but equal is not a thing like i wish in this case it was because i don't necessarily want to hear about men and everything with women's sports the same way there are people very adamant who support men's sports who don't want to hear um women's but Mm -hmm. You know, just because men use Fanatics doesn't mean women's sports need to use Fanatics because it's clear that Fanatics does not care about women's sports. So don't take those partnerships or sponsorships or deals that the men have and use it as your own goalposts because when you do that, you're ignoring the other companies who actually want to help. And we'll show you that because what's the point of having these big name deal sponsors like Nike if you, they're just like, no, I know you need jerseys, but too bad, right? Like just, just so just be more honest, be real. Um, and the last thing about that is. You know, women's sports love to attach themselves, again, to names. So instead of grabbing this CEO or this chief operating officer from this other big company who probably has no idea what your league is doing, nothing, like no background in women's sports, promote from within. Recognize the people who are doing the work, who know what is going on, who actually want to see the
2: company succeed,
3: and then
0: maybe we will actually succeed.
3: The people that have been there. Yes. Love it.
2: Um. Yeah, I, I mean, barring like outside forces, which we all know can affect many things in the next 10 years. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I have a couple of things. Uh, thing number one is just to start is that I'm incredibly bullish on women's sports. Like get in now, like brands, media companies, invest now because this is it's seeing it's one of the only sports properties that is seeing consistent year to year growth and it has so much farther to go and you can get in on the ground level. Now you do not have to spend that much money to be a at the forefront of what I truly believe is one of the greatest you know, rising sectors in in sports and in media consumption. Um, that being said, uh, 100% agree with Sabria and maybe to take it a step further is I think, um, going back to what you said at the very beginning of the show, which is that we need women's sports to not just be for one type of person. And so at this moment, especially in the United States, um, soccer is really, really bad about this. You have to be in a certain tax bracket to be able to really participate in the sport at an elite level. Yes. Um, and then those are the families that these professional teams are targeting to become fans. And mm-hmm. so you, there's no way to truly grow it in a healthy way unless you are making the sport for everybody. and. That's a, you know one thing that's always stuck with me um, when I was a kid, and this was actually about it was about classical music rather than sports. But it was like you're not just cultivating the next generation of players, mm-hmm. you are cultivating the next generation of fans. Yes. And if you are not having, you talk about not seeing people who who represent you, um, whether it's it and it doesn't always have to be just on the field, but it's about that outreach. It's about um, truly building from the ground up. A community of people who really care about this and will care even if the teams are not very mm-hmm. good, and so that has to come with like checking your biases, not chasing the money always, right. and and just making sure that you are getting as many people who represent the city that you are supposed that mm-hmm. you've got the badge on, of and having them come out to games. And so my true utopia for women's sports is that there is this opportunity, like you said, to create something new. We don't have to repeat the mistakes of the past. No. And so I think that um, that is truly what I want past it growing because I actually think that's a foregone conclusion for me personally. I do the Just Women's Sports newsletter and I'm like I'm like listing all of these just incredible things that are happening monthly and mm-hmm. attendances, TV ratings. And that's again, with a low level of investment. Um, but let's create something new and better. And that is actually inclusive for, for everybody instead of just sort of recreating women's sports in the image Mm -hmm. of, of what's come before. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Thank you all so much for joining me today on the CHGO sports podcast. Claire. Janice, Sabria, you guys, this has been such a powerful and important conversation. I know we say that all the time, but it really is. So thank you again. Uh, Thank you to Kevin Caduck for, Caduck, sorry, for letting me host today. Um, He'll be back next week. But for now, we will see you guys next time on the Chicago Sports Podcast.